Welcome to the Exponent 2 podcast. It's me, Carol Ann, calling in from Minneapolis. I'm here with Heather. Hey, calling in from Provo and Ramona. Calling in from Barbados. Daylight saving sucks, okay? Anybody <laughs> who says not is a liar. <laughs> yeah, we're at three different time zones, and I only recently discovered today that we all f- fell back. But Ramona's time is still an hour ahead of us. So now it's much later for her. Not much, It's an hour later for her, but like, quote unquote, normal for the rest of us. Yes. Arizona and Barbados ha, don't ha, ha. shift time. And I want us to stop doing daylight savings. What's the point of it? We're not all farmers. We mechanized everything. I want there to be more small farms, but come on. See, I like daylight savings. I wish they'd keep it. I, I like more light later at night. Yeah. And, and I have small children, so they've been waking up at like 4.30 for a while. It's been really fun. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Barbados used to have daylight savings, but we used to complain that we used to get up too early. Um, Our biological clocks never switched over to it. I think most of the ones in the Caribbean switched over at one point. And then we just all of a sudden, the entire Caribbean decided we're not doing daylight savings anymore unless you're a U.S. territory. So that's what happened. That's what happened. The virgins do it. The the American virgins. (laughs) Virgin Islands. Sorry. Oh, so. All right. um, What are we talking about this, friends? So I have a soapbox and I'm going to spend a couple minutes and Ramona and Heather, please chime in. It is about daycare. Mm -hmm. I am in the throes of sending children to daycare. I have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old, and I work full-time. I have a, I have very few working moms as mentors in my life. I grew up in a very, mm-hmm. like, most of the moms stayed home. They followed the, uh, the standard. Sorry, the, uh, who was it? Benson? Traditional Benson. Benson. Benson cooking. Um, Kimball. Leave your cafes. Go home. Um, and I love the joke that someone said at Midwest Pilgrims. He must have thought we had really bad jobs. Um, but also the also <laughs> the classism cool. of like these like, yeah, of the like you get to go home or the or that like you have the financial privilege to not have to work. And I know people like scrimped and saved and made it work. But even like chatting with a friend, the financial reality is totally different. For yeah. example, chatting with my girlfriend. She was like, yeah, like we're doing it where it's like one, one parent staying home, one parent's working. It's very financially difficult. My mom was like, we did too. And we scrimped and saved and bought our $200,000 house in Northern California. Oh, wait, mom, it's worth $1.2 million now. So we're just in a totally different reality financial, financially. <laughs> yeah. And just um, it's like, oh, you're like, didn't plan well if you couldn't buy a house. And it's like, please stop. What are land mm-hmm. prices anyway? That's ridiculous anyway. Okay, back to childcare. Childcare is really expensive. And I think it's because we pretend that women don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pretend that um, women shouldn't work. And I remember re- realizing this years ago in Provo with a group of girlfriends, it's just being like, we had this like feminist reading group where it's like, we don't want it to be working moms hating. And I was single at the time. We don't want it to be working moms hating, hating on stay at home moms. And we don't want it stay at home moms hating on working moms. Everybody's working. How do we all help each other? But just all this double standard too of like welfare queens, get off, get off welfare and start working. 
But if you're, if you're a mom and have children, then stay home with your kids. Yeah. It's confusing. Both of those can't work out. They can work out mm -hmm. if you're, if you're, if you have a wealthy partner. Thing two that I want to bring up, and someone wrote an exponent piece about it, but it was from the October 2022 General Conference. D. Todd Christofferson chose to like quote a piece for from Desert Magazine. Ooh, I know what you're going to say. It's really bad. I hated it. When I, I first I, read it, I, I was enraged. I'm going to read a quote of it. I looked it up. Christina's difficulties are complete. Okay. Christina talks about how hard it is to be honest with friends her age about the struggles she faces as a wife and mother of young children. Christina's difficulties are completely ordinary for a young, woman's a young woman learning how to be a mom and a wife, yet the prevailing attitude among her generation is that life's difficulties are a threat to one's well-being and should be refused. Do she and her husband argue at times? Then she should leave him, they say. Are her children annoying her? Then she should send them to daycare. Ah! Oh my gosh. I wanted to oh select gosh. vomit. I wanted to select vomit listening to that. I, I, I struggle so much with these these scripts, and we're using we're using our girl Lindsay's mm -hmm. um, terminology. I struggle so hard with these scripts because, like most of the times, we tell women and young girls that they are nothing except for that stay at home wife, that stay at home mother who has no other purpose but to pluck the corns, feed the children, stay at home, let your husband give you the money. You don't do anything else because you're so grateful to be married and to be able to reproduce. And I hate it so much. And like, what else do you do? What else do we teach girls? Do we teach girls that they fall in love with themselves? They get to know themselves before they get married to somebody? Do we tell them that travel, get education, learn, do things? No, we tell them, Oh yeah, just go get married because like getting married is all you're gonna do. And I love Caroline that you used the church voice when you were reading mm -hmm. that quote because uh -huh. okay. Yeah. Well and and going off that for a second, I remember yeah, a couple of years ago, which I have a girlfriend. I have really great conversations with my friends, different friend. And she brought up the like, she's like, I realized I was raised to get an education in case you get a divorce, in case your husband dies. What about mm -hmm. just for me? Exactly. Like, because I am a being that I'm taught, like, to learn and to grow, like, can that be enough? I mean, just realizing mm -hmm. that narrative of, like, just in case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I worked um, for a few years with Susan Madsen at the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And one of the op-eds I wrote, I'm pretty sure the title was, A Man is Not a Plan. Mm. And that yeah. was, like... I want to tattoo that on everyone, every girl's forehead. I do too. Mm -hmm. Because number one, you can't predict anything. You can't predict that somehow they're going to be faithful. They're mm -hmm. not going to become unable to work for some reason. You, we have no idea. So that's, that's one scenario. Number two, in this world, even if you have some lovely, faith, faithful, hardworking husband who's a vampire, and so he's never going to die or get sick, okay? Mm -hmm. You married Edward Cullen. Um, <laughs> there's still the problem that in this world, most it, it takes two incomes to survive. Mm -hmm. So that's also like this delusion that somehow a man can do it. And then as the point of view of a 55-year-old woman who has 
four children and who've, who's seen like a few things, if my self-esteem rested solely on how my children were doing, how much they valued me and validated me as a mom, I would be a hot mess Yeah, because kids are messy. And if they are your mm-hmm. whole entire life, that is a scary basket to put your eggs in. So I love that I've always had other things going on so that if people are freaking out and like, you know, decide to lash out at me, I'm like, you know what? I know I'm okay. I, 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 there are other areas of my life where I'm validated. Like they don't define me. My children (laughs) don't define me. Yeah. Well, then add the celestial, no empty chairs like that adds so much guilt and trauma with our Mormon times. We are a guilty, a guilted, and we, we believe in the guilt. We will guilt you into conformity. Um, I, I had an experience to speak with a student, um, who I was helping and she's like, oh, I'm dropping out of school so that I can get married and plan a wedding. And in my head, I am screaming from the top of the rooftops. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is the path. Like I can see the path that is going to go. And. I'm like, girl, by the time that you think about going back to school, you're probably supporting your husband's career. You're going to put yourself on the back burner. You're going to have some babies. You're going to like do all these things. And by the time that you realize that you want to go back to school, there's always going to be something that's stopping you. And she was like, oh, I already dropped her. I was like, oh no, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Well, but, hopefully you'll be a voice in her mind someday when she's like, I uh, should go back to school. Yeah, but I going back to like the babies and stuff, I have always been like, I always tell my friends who are way younger than I am, please, if you have one child, don't have two. Have the one child, let the child be here for a little while. And my friends are in different socioeconomic states than I am. Me as a Black woman coming from the Caribbean, having one child is okay. Sometimes you can't even afford to take care of that one child. Sometimes you can't afford the daycare and the rising costs and inflation and all this stuff. Most of my friends come from a situation where they've had their college paid for. They've mm-hmm. never really had to worry about, about struggling and, and going through and having to think about tuition or having to think about where they're going to live after graduation because things like that happen. And a lot of members of the church have that option that, they always have that backup plan. If we run into difficulties, we can go to our parents. Our parents right. will bail us out. Right. Just like the reality for a lot of people around the world, but a lot of people around the world, because they're LDS, kind of conform their thinking to that Utah way. Oh, if I follow the examples of what the church leaders say, and if I follow the examples of what I see people in Utah or Idaho or wherever the, the church is super popular, they conform their lives to that, their parenting roles, their their family planning. And then they realize, oh, I have six children and I don't know how to take care of them. And I have to go to the church for instance because I didn't plan properly. Yeah. I don't or, have the ability to put them in. We're going back you know? to what Heather shared. I yeah, met people where they're like, I have six kids and I'm just realizing what patriarchy is and I'm figuring out who I am now. And I realize I never made yeah. any choice in my life. And you're like, oh no, yeah. like when that snap finally happens. Um, 
I want to go back to childcare for a minute. I also want to talk yes. about how expensive childcare is. It is ridiculous. I've learned a few things. One is that during the ERA movement, they were like, and universal childcare. But that was then billed as socialists and communists. And we got to, it'd be the worst if we took care of kids that way. And I read an amazing, or not amazing, I read a fun book called Bringing Up Bebe. And it's oh. like an American in France talking about like raising, having a baby and, and raising the child in France and getting so jealous of the universal childcare there. And one of my friends from my hypnobirthing class in Cambridge is, is in France and posts these cutest photos of her kid at this French like neighborhood. I don't know how Ecole, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. And just like looks so <laughs> cute and fun. And I'm like, imagine if we had neighborhood happy subsidized spaces. Cause <laughs> when I've interacted with different parents, because my, my four-year-old is in like a part-time nature preschool. It's really fun. But chatting with the different parents, the only way it works is because it's only a couple hours a day is one parent works full-time. The other per- parent has like a flexible schedule. And when I've chatted with different mm-hmm. moms, it's like, oh yeah, I like, I would have gone back to work, but it's just, it's more expensive for me to go back to work than like the, like childcare costs be more expensive than it to be worth it. And like, I'm kind of there mm-hmm. too. I remember chatting with um, someone from Boston. She's like, Treat it as like you get a big, big raise after your kids are no longer in daycare and just kind of accepting that cost. But it is ridiculous how expensive it is. Um, yeah. But what's funny is, uh, so there's like a $5,000 like pre-tax dependent care flexible spending account you can do. That amount has not been raised since 1983. Oh my gosh. That's 50 years fo- or 40 years, folks. That's a long time. Like so much has changed. Um. Like I am paying about $25,000 a year for one child to be in childcare. What? Okay. So, yes. Hold up. Yes. Hold the phone. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I I have a look of horror right now. Um, wow. Right. And for so me- if I, if I made, if my husband and I made less money, then, then maybe I could be part of this, like my childcare is subsidized. Uh-huh. but because I'm in this funny, like middle, upper middle, I, I don't even know if I'm considered upper middle class space, then I don't get that government benefit. So I'm like, if we're already subsidizing childcare, why not subsidize it some more? What's the problem? And I think it is that fear of the socialism or it's the like, well, we want poor working moms to work. So we'll subsidize the childcare there. But if you uh-huh. are making more than, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Got a lot of feels. Okay. Yeah. going. So- Oh, sorry. In, in Utah, another another um, op-ed that I wrote with Susan talked about how in Utah, child care for one kid was more expensive than in-state tuition. Mm. What? Yeah. It also seems like there aren't a lot of child care centers. Like when I was chatting with a friend in Provo, she's like, there wasn't a daycare for me to drop my kids off. And she's a professor. So she has yeah. a nanny. So kind of this, I love that like nannies are more acceptable because it's like, well, it's another woman and she's in your home. Like, is it, is it because it's more invisible? Is it because it's more like, uh, oh, this oh. is coming to mind too. Cause I was reading about the ballerina farm lady and I was reading oh, this yeah. article about her <laughs> and there's a line toward the end of it that was like, like what you don't see are like, cause I guess she has seven kids. There's like, you don't see, it seems like everything's very seamless, but what you don't see are the like childcare workers helping. And there's a line that was like, childcare is very available in Utah. And I was like, no, it's not. Oh, no. But no, I'm guessing not. like what it means is like a lot of potential nannies. Like again, this invisible childcare mm-hmm. of the like getting paid under the table. 
someone who I don't know yeah yeah I have thoughts about this um so I met somebody that was in Utah now I don't know how big it is but it's what they've told me about so I don't want to say it's is a ring I don't want to whatever it is but a lot of the times um what I've heard is that a lot of people will have like a what do you call it? A all pair? Or, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or a nanny. Or a nanny, nanny with an accent yeah. who will be cheaper than a, a United person, a United States person mm-hmm. who probably wants to have a sponsor to visa mm-hmm. or something like that. Because then they know that that person is locked in for the duration of time that, um, they will be working with them. Um, I do know of a lot of nannying jobs because my friend Lena, hi Lena, wanted to nanny at one point. And a lot of the jobs that she was going, that she was trying to go for, a lot of them were like, oh, we're going to pay you under the table. Yeah. I was like, girl, pay me under the table. I want, I want taxes. I want to be able to sue. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's just me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I know like a lot of the times... I found this very weird when I was in Utah. Here in Barbados, you will find a nursery in almost every neighborhood. Yeah, I'm so jealous of that. Even if it's uh, an official nursery Mm. where somebody's just taking care of the kids or you find an official nursery. And we also have government nurseries, which are really, really cheap, like $25 for a kid for a week. Which is like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you buy that... but you get the U.S. rate yeah. for a child to go to nursery in Barbados. Mm-hmm. Then you also have the Salvation Army, which has done an amazing job. I went to the Salvation Army nursery. They do an amazing job of taking care of kids. Mm-hmm. And people, anybody from any social class can go to the Salvation Army and say, I want to enroll my child. But I found it weird when I was in Utah. Where are the baby centers? Where are the babies? Where are the children running around? I saw like prim- like what we call primary schools and and high schools. Mm-hmm. Like where are the kitty places? Right. Where are the places where the kitties can go? There was. Oh, no I was like, what is, is it? Didn't BYU just very re- like in the last couple of years have a like family area of the library? Because I think that's also such a ridiculous thing of like they promote yes. family so hard, but there's no space. It has to be invisible. Like I was no. going to say that that BYU has never had any childcare. Like, there's like childcare. preschool age. But it's like yeah. the capacity is like not very many people and people obviously yeah. move away by the time they have preschool age children. Yeah. If you're only Whereas at UVU, they have a, a really big child care thing for students. It's called mm-hmm. WeCare, W-E-E, care. Um, but there's nothing for faculty. Ooh. So wow. UVU faculty have kids and need child care. They don't, they've got a I mean, I'm I'm glad they have something. I'm glad they yeah, have it for yeah. some. But um, yeah, um, I find odd that I find it odd that BYU doesn't have more of a family thing going on. I think, like, and I think it's I like saw... what you were sharing, Ramona. The like story of like if like the husband's in school, so the wife drops out. Like even my mom brought that up. She's like, yeah. I'm so confused. Like because that's what she did. Is like. My my dad got into grad school, so she dropped out to then go with my dad. Cause and so like hearing different people of like, oh, like 
he waited for you to graduate. That definitely didn't happen when I was a student. And so I wonder if just like that thinking is still that pervasive, like the mom will drop out. And then, but I feel like they're also super advertising the like, get your degree later. There's a picture of like a mom. Like I see that in the hallways at my church of like, it's so cringy. Like why can't the mom get her degree now? Yeah. Like why do we have to wait until all the kids are old and out of the house. So you're great. And you can't add anything to the workforce because like it or not, there's going to be a lot of ageism when you start to go around looking for jobs. Um, And I found it so odd. Um, I read, where was I? I was going through BYU campus because I had went to the art museum, whatever it is, art gallery. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a major thing. We call everything in a museum, but it's an art gallery. Um, it is a museum. It, yeah. it is. Okay. Yeah. But, I, I would call that too. You're right. Okay. So I went there and I saw so many pregnant bellies walking around. Mm-hmm. So many pregnant bellies. And I mean, some of these girls... And I'm going to say this in Barbadian dialect. Some of these have not lost their mother's features. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, okay, there are a lot of babies walking around. I was like, I, I told my date, like, okay, let me just roll the window up because I don't want to catch it. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, if, if that is, if we have such a strong family focus, if we have all of these things that we're supposed to be doing right to have these eternal families, and have these great units like why not put provisions in place especially at the school and heather what is your observation for like what besides like the patriarchy and besides like 1950s america like why do you think we have such a like children will be at home and mothers will be with them taboo well i mean i think Part of that comes from that rhetoric from talks like that, you know, and, and we, as we've said that Benson's talk was, was on um, Kimball's talk. I mean, there's layers, there's just layers right, and layers. Right. Let's also talk about the proclamation on the family for a minute, mm. um, which is a, a very interesting document. So I think most Americans would read it and they would think that the message is men are supposed to finance provide for the family and that women are supposed to take care of and nurture the children. Mm-hmm. I think that most, is that how you read it, Carolyn? Absolutely. Is that your? Men provide, women nurture, like provide, okay. preside. So, Don't forget that word. Yes. So what's super interesting is that when I was in um, Botswana and South Africa working with Caroline Klein and the Mormon Women Oral History Project, when I would ask the women there, about the proclamation, they loved it. They're like, oh my gosh, that's the greatest thing. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, it was a little curious, like, tell me more. And in their culture, every single woman works. Every single woman works. And so they, it never occurs to them that that document is telling them to stay home. That's Mm -hmm. like saying, don't breathe. Mm -hmm. And so they read that document and they're like, yeah, it's great because it is saying that husbands need to step up and be more involved in families. Mm -hmm. That's how they read it. So they don't read it as a shaming or calling out of women. They read it as telling men to get involved. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that's cool. It's not also the like policing women's side. Cause I know that like, I feel like a conservative person in the U S reading 
conservative member of the church reading the proclamation would say, yes, yes, I'm so happy about this. And like, but, mm-hmm. but like reinforcing the, like men do the work outside the home. Women do the work inside of the home. Yeah. It's oh. that. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Heather. It, it's that benevolent patriarchy yeah. that mm-hmm. leans into complementarianism. And and I'm a word person and I have, I'm embarrassed to admit that it took me a really long time to distinguish between complementary and complementary. Like one of them with an I is, oh my gosh, Momo, those shoes are so cute. That's <laughs> complementary. Whereas the complementary with an E is this, that one person does one thing, someone else does like this different but dovetail, but it always puts men in a position of power and women mm-hmm. in a position of dependence. Mm-hmm. Heather, I really like that. So I, I share this on the Discord. So Ramona's back out in the dating pond. I'm dipping my toes in. Woo-hoo! Not dipping my foot in. I'm dipping my toe in. My big toe. Um, and I ran across this profile um, on an app. I will not call the name of the app because I do find love and humor in the app. Um, but I ran across this profile and this requirements of a wife that this man was looking for. So it says the quintessential Renaissance man blank is equally comfortable re-roofing a house, discussing the finer points of tax efficient funds placement, diagnosing that rattling noise in your car or reading the latest white papers about generative AI. His research interests include figuring out how to use his talents to gather scattered Israel, the most important thing happening on the earth today, testing various mutual profiles and tongue-in-cheek humor. He enjoys time with his family, hard physical mental labor, and practicing the subtle art of teasing in an attempt to maintain the covetous status of a favorite uncle, which I hate whenever somebody's like, oh, I'm a favorite uncle. <laughs> okay. He's less interested in a woman who's obsessed with world travel. This is where I, I start to lose him. Going on adventures and hanging out with my dog. I'm more interested in a, in a woman who loves children and wants to be a stay-at-home wife and mother. Is modest in her thoughts, words, and dress. Seeks to be a better student and teacher of the gospel. And uses her feminine powers of charm, persuasion, and influence for good. He acknowledges that the foregoing could be a provocative statement and invites further further discussion via messaging. Insert vomit sound. (laughs) And like, yeah, when you shared that, I was like, what is this? What, what's the creepiest part to me is how his are like titles and cool things he does. And he's like, I don't want a woman who says she loves to travel and pictures of her dog. And it was all about like the way she thinks. Yeah. Like that freaked me out a lot. Like, what's the phrase of modest in her thinking? Modest in her th- yeah. Modest in her thinking. Better cover up my thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> and uses her I... persuasion for good. Like mm-hmm. your feminine I... wiles, but don't have a real opinion and don't Talk, exactly. but... <laughs> just stay at home and feed the kids we have 7.5 kids and you just stay at home and collect the money and say nothing and I mean it's really difficult because these are the attitudes that have just continued through generations 
stay at home, do the thing, take care of the babies, don't have any ambitions, don't have any hopes. Your family, your husband is everything. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. I see. sound like fun. Is this, I'm like, what do you do all day? Like, okay. I'm slightly self-aware enough to say, I know this could be provocative. Do you think the whole thing or just the one, one sentence? I was like, I was like the whole thing. I, I guess because I, I came from that culture of, you know, you go and work. My grandmother was like, okay, nobody could take your education off your head. Get as much education as you can. Don't depend on a man to take care of you. My mom was like, get as much education as you can. Go work, do what you have to do. That's always been instilled in me. So like when I see, especially LDS men and young men now are like, oh, there's this laundry list of things that I want in a wife. Are you able to, and I'm like, are you able to see me as more as a more than a wife and a mother? Or are you just seeing me as that wife and mother role? If you can't see me as myself and not just the woman that is going to be cleaning your snotty nose babies and like taking care of you and everybody else, I don't think we're compatible. I would rather travel the world with my passport and get a lot of stamps in it and have like 800 cats and dogs and sit in a corner somewhere and say I lived a fulfilling life I would rather do that (laughs) yeah yeah my realization was the like wait I don't need rescue I'm looking for partnership I'm not trying to be rescued from my lonely lonely state (laughs) like nobody like I'm not asking to be released from my tower I'm fine up here we have books and tv and cable so like, I don't want to like what does partnership look like I feel like we don't really teach that at church um mm-hmm. we teach patriarchy um, and like what does it compute for what what partnership looks like for a lot of Mormon men and I don't I don't I think the answer is no Mm-mm. yeah 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 we're not all we're not all men hating men bashing but some might think that because sometimes we agitate for things, but guess what? We have a lot of opinions and it doesn't boil down to <laughs> certain, certain topics. We're just agitating for ordination and talking about heavenly mother. That's all that's we care the about only here. Thing we talk about it. Yes. That's it. Just reduce us, reduce us to a stereotype. We're fine with that. <laughs> so I, it just all reminds me of like when, was it Hillary Clinton when she was like running for something? And they're like, but you're a grandma. What about your grandchildren? What? <laughs> Nobody ever asks like any man running. Yeah. Like, well, how are you going to be there for your children? And it's like, Chelsea was all grown up. So like, they couldn't even say, well, you're going to be a bad mom. It's like, you're going to be a bad grandma. <laughs> Reaching. <laughs> like, oh, seriously. So yeah. Childcare. We got to stop with the stigma. Kid, I'm telling you, kids love having buddies. Yeah. Kids love going and and being with friends and exploring and having adventures and well well done um, daycare can just be such a gift and it's a privilege. Let's acknowledge too Absolutely. that at being able to afford good and have a choice mm-hmm. is a total total privilege. Mm-hmm. 
And also a shout out to the like amazing homeschool-esque moms where like they're able to craft beautiful things and like make it purposeful. Because they, sorry, going back to partnership one more time, thinking about like if you're husband was single he would still have to do his laundry he'd still Mm -hmm. have to wash his dishes so it's tricky if for the stay-at-home parent if they are in charge of all the household duties and child care those are two different things and so Mm -hmm. like I have a few friends who are trying to navigate that with like they are like the chosen stay-at-home parent but now Mm -hmm. as they're asking their out out of the household partner to contribute more like there's been quite a bit of tension but I think it's that assumption of like well I earned all the money so what's the problem like you don't work yeah so like re rebuilding that type of partnership we we value we value money right paid labor more than unpaid labor jobs women are supposed to volunteer right so I highly recommend the books fair play and equal partners um both of those look at how to create more balance um, whether like one parent is stay at home, one parent is working or both parents are working or things like that. So yeah, we could, we could go on. I also want to do a, a quick shout out to, um, I created a callback to, sorry, this is now a change of topic. There used to be a thing in the X one magazine called sister speak and where they would pose a question and writers would write in or the readers would write in. And then the next magazine would have the answers. And so, um, in the November 2023 newsletter with Exponent 2, we asked the first question. We did a callback to that. We found the December 1974 issue that had the first question, which was, um, how do you do it? Lots of different answers. So we're excited to, um, so listeners, we'd love for you to participate. Um, so you can, there's a survey, or if you want to write in your answer to podcast at exponentii.org. Answering the question of how do you do it? How like how do you do it all? Why do you do it? You get to explore where you want to go with that. And then we'll compare present day answers with the answers from 50 years ago. So I'm mm. really excited to be able to have that, sounds that fun. comparison and callback. And um, we're also renaming it Sister and Sibling Speak because I know some of our readers and listeners um, are non-binary or don't identify as women. So yeah, let's call it for that. Awesome. Anything else, Ramona and Heather? Happy to hang with you, ladies. Always. It's so late for Ramona. We're going to change our time. Go night, night, sweetie. So have a good week. Remember, Exponent 2 Giving Tuesday is coming up. Um, We're a 501c3. We're tax deductible. So go ahead and send us some money if you'd like. Um, We're transparent with it. And um, find us on our magazine, on our blog, or at the retreat, exponentii.org. Thank you. Good night. Night.